Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. We can't provide truly patient-centred care without having the voice of consumers at the table. Be it at the kitchen table or via Zoom, lived experience is the only way to learn what our community needs. These projects leverage meaningful partnerships to redesign the way they deliver care with drastically improved outcomes. Thank you, everyone. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we meet today, the Yuggera and Turrbal people. I wish to also pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and also pay my respects to all First Nations people joining us today on the lands where they are. So as this slide says, prisoners are the end users of a health service provided to meet their health needs. They are the patient, the consumer, and as with any other patient or consumer in community, they have the same rights to healthcare services and to having their voices heard and be engaged regarding how those services are planned, designed and evaluated. To give you some background to this project, in 2018, I was actually invited by Queensland Corrective Services Management to undertake consultation with prisoners within the correctional facilities to inform the statewide review of prison health services in Queensland that was currently underway. 85 male and female prisoners were consulted across seven correctional centres. This next slide is a visual representation of what I heard in those consultations. So just to say that prisoners have rights to health services that are equivalent to those provided in the community. And those rights are not only national and state obligations, but also international. Those obligations included the Nelson Mandela rules, which are the revised standard minimum rules on the treatment of prisoners. The Bangkok rules, the United Nations rules for the treatment of women prisoners. The World Health Organization's 2003 Declaration on Prison Health as part of Public Health, Queensland Human Rights Act 2019, and the Australian Charter of Healthcare Rights. So prisoners' active involvement in the development of policy and service delivery improvement is extremely valuable. And their perspectives on all aspects relating to the health and well-being of Queensland prisoners offers invaluable insight. So earlier this year, when the Office for Prisoner Health and Wellbeing asked me to revisit the same seven correctional centres to hear from prisoners, I jumped at the chance. The consultations uh, were undertaken during March and May and in between COVID-19 lockdowns, which changed dates at different times. 
The purpose of the consultation was to hear directly from patients and consumers of prison health services, to gain a first-hand understanding of what and how health services are provided by Queensland Health and the patient's experience, understanding and expectations of those services. Also to learn what prisoner patients considered to be working well, working not so well, and what changes and improvements could be made to current health service provision. 112 male and female prisoners were consulted during 19 consultation sessions held across the seven correctional centres. Each consultation was between 45 minutes and an hour. We meet with prisoners in secure, mainstream residential and protection units and some low security prisoners. The prisoners who attend the consultations are members of the Corrective Services Prisoner Advisory Committees, or PACs as they are known, although we were able to consult with two large groups of women at Brisbane Women's. The purpose of the PACs is to advise Queensland Corrective Services on matters of concern in relation to policy and operation issues and to improve the quality of daily living. All PACs within each facility are consulted on the same day, so sometimes I would have four consultations in a day. <laughs> each PAC can have between three and ten members, dependent on the size of the correctional centre. With only a notebook and pen allowed, it involves a lot of fast writing to record what they share. The reason I do this is to enable me to compare what I'm hearing from, say, a secure unit to a protection unit or from one correctional centre to another to gain a statewide picture. Each consultation commenced with introductions and a brief overview of the purpose of the return visit. The consultation was then facilitated as a discussion focused on system-wide feedback, on service access and delivery. However, some patients provided some personal examples of issues and these patient stories were also captured. So I just want to start by saying prisoners are actually very pleasant to, to um, meet with in most cases. Bit challenging at times but uh, they can be incredibly polite and also they can be wise to the system as well so prisoners identified that they understood the constrained environment in which health staff are working and the impact COVID-19 restrictions have had on service delivery they identified an ongoing need for continuous service improvements and requested an increased focus on preventative health care services the information I'm sharing with you now has been provided to the PACs by the Office for Prison Health and Wellbeing, so they are aware that they have been heard and as our way of closing the feedback loop. The infographic has also been provided to prison health and corrective services staff. So there were six key themes that came out of this consultation and the first one, medication management. And this is a key issue and the word I heard the most and kept coming up across the majority of consultation was Panadol. Many spoke about the difficulty in getting Panadol or ibuprofen to deal with their pain, either because it is a PRN, they needed to put in a request prior to medication rounds, or they could not get access when they needed analgesics, and specifically during the night. Some spoke about having take-out Panadol, or knew of others who did have that access. Many said they would also like the opportunity to self-manage Panadol and don't understand how they can buy it anywhere in community but not have access to it in a correctional centre. Those who don't currently have access to self-medication management would support the introduction of such arrangement for non-tradable medications. 
Timing and receiving medication is an issue and sleep medication in most cases is given at 4 p.m. or 4.30 p.m. before their meals. The consequence of this is that they are falling asleep early, then wake at around 2 a.m. and are not able to get back to sleep, causing distress and anxiety. Opioid substitution therapy is in many centres now, but is seen as a benefit for those who need it. And the PAC members were keen to see it introduced into all centres. They would also very much like to see a reduction in hepatitis C cases. Dental and treatment options. This came up previously in 2018 as well. So access to dental services and options for treatment were highlighted as another major issue across the majority of the PACs. In fact, it was often the first issue they wanted to discuss and also aligned to the issue of access to pain medication and Panadol. Wait times are the issue identified by most PACs and they highlighted the need for additional dental clinics to address the backlog. Some PACs understood the issue was not helped by overcrowding and no increase in dental sessions or staffing. Most PACs suggested dental wait times were at least five or six months and up to a year in some cases. They were appreciative of health services that had increased dental sessions. Both men and women talked about extracting their own teeth in often violent ways. The PACs also talked about the need for prevention and wanting to know how they can manage prevention themselves or access simple preventative measures such as a clean and scale. Prison medical request forms are handed in daily and in most cases during morning medication rounds. A major issue for prisoners is not receiving a response to their medical request. Prisoners have nothing to do but some recognise that prison numbers having prisoner numbers have increased and health staff numbers have not. And along with codes and lockdowns, it does have an impact on wait times. Many said they continue to put in forms in the hope they will receive help or at least have an indication of an appointment date. As they said, even if it's six weeks away, at least we know our request has been accepted and something is happening. Prisoners with low literacy levels or who have English as a second language rely on other prisoners to assist with filling out their medical request forms. As we heard in 2018, there is a frustration with the system and a feeling of lack of communication between health staff and prisoners that is resulting in, in an increase in anxiety and aggression for those seeking health care. There is an understanding though that health staff are mostly there to do the right thing and that there are some excellent staff who are there to help them. The lack of 24-hour access to medical centre staff in some centres was also highlighted as an issue. And all PACs agreed that attendance at their meetings by health staff would be beneficial. Access to allied health services was discussed by all PACs within all correctional centres, optometry being the main concern for many prisoners who are dealing with broken glasses, using magnifiers or simply unable to read. And they also would like more access to podiatry, physiotherapy and to dietitians. In regard to aged care and disability, PAC members mentioned concern for older and frail prisoners, some who have carers and some who do not. And those carers often share cells with their patient and help with their hygiene, clothes washing, medical appointments and making sure they eat. Prisoners are at times reluctant to be transferred to hospital for many reasons and would value increased access to telehealth. One initiative that will assist with this, um, reducing this reluctance is one that we can hear about this morning, and that is the presentation on the Westmorton Prison Health on-site x-ray service.
The PACs also asked for access to cancer screening that would be available to them in the community, including bowel, prostate screening, and for those who currently do not have it, breast screening. Mental health is another significant issue identified by the PACs. PAC members spoke about the impact of COVID-19 lockdowns on their mental health. They said they felt more punished because of it and said their mental health suffered. Some told how this has resulted in other prisoners putting pressure on them to say they don't need medical help if needing an escort to hospital due to the impact this will have on the others, i.e. being locked down. This can also be the case if they have a cough or a runny nose, they try to hide it and not tell the health or correction staff due to the reaction from other prisoners and the subsequent lockdown of their unit. Others talked about the impact on their mental health due to isolation and having no stimulation. Some spoke about courses not restarted, access to the gym not always available, and how it's these things that help them cope on a daily basis. There was confusion with some PACs as to which service provides mental health services, and they would like prisoner patients with severe mental health conditions to be cared for in a more suitable facility. COVID-19 has been added as a key theme due to the PACs in each correctional centre indicating at the time of the consultations that in the main they did not have access to information or education on COVID vaccines. They were mostly unaware of whether the vaccine is mandatory or not. Some didn't think they would be receiving it and others thought they would be at the bottom of the pack and would be the last to get it. Many were keen to have the vaccination due to vulnerability to COVID. Others wanted to know more and were concerned about issues with AstraZeneca, for example. PAC said it would be great if they can go back to closer to what they used to have before COVID and lockdowns and asked why it couldn't be the same for them as outside in community. Questions in relation to the flu vaccine were also raised, with some not knowing if they would receive the flu vaccine this year, when they would receive it, or what would be the impact if they had both COVID and flu, and asked for more information and education sessions. And finally, this is what I find exciting and this is what's gone back to the prisoners. In response to the feedback, the Office for Prisoner Health and Wellbeing has committed to the following actions being undertaken over the next 12 months. This includes expand access to the prisoner self-medication process, including access to basic analgesics, which is to be trialled at Townsville Correctional Centres. It means that they may be able to buy Panadol on their buy-up, their weekly buy-up. Implementation of OST in the remaining correctional centres, improve management of the dental waiting list, redesign the medical request process, which is another project now underway with QUT, Design Lab, the Healthcare Improvement Unit and Capricornia Correctional Centre where it will be trialled. Expand access to telehealth and encourage more health staff to attend PAC meetings to provide information about services and as a forum to identify service improvement or co-design new systems with consumer input. Finally, I would like to acknowledge Grant Crark, who's in the room, Director of the Office of Prisoner Health and Wellbeing, for his continual support to hear the voice of consumers within correctional centres and his ongoing work and support to me in undertaking this, at times, very challenging work. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.